This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. We're back here at Rise Up on Somerville, and it's busy. And I love to see a busy local business at 1.15 in the afternoon. But we are sitting here with Liza Rowe, uh, who, well, I'm going to introduce you. You are the sober poet, which yes. is really kind of cool. And to start it off, I mean, I've watched some of your stuff on YouTube. I've watched, listened to your podcast, and I've seen your website. And if nothing else, you seem to be very open and uh, tell it like it is kind of a girl. I try. Yeah. Okay. Um, well... <laughs> After watching the YouTubes and listening to the podcast, this is for anybody that's listening's warning that, hey, you know, if the language gets a little bit off kilter here, <laughs> it's okay. Um, honesty works here for sure. Uh, so that's your warning there. But you have written a book called The Sober Poet, and I ran across that book in Bread and Butter Cafe, Bread and Butter down in um, Eastport. And while I was waiting for my sandwich, I was sleeping through it. It was really kind of neat. And a uh, sort of a mutual friend of ours, Mike Kinder, had suggested that I reach out to you. And I'm excited to talk to you and find out how this all came about and what what drove this book. I see you've got your, your merchandise t-shirt on, so yes. uh, promoting it here. So, I mean, are you native here of the area? Um, I, I like to call myself local, um, and that's because I grew up in Serena Park, basically. I went oh, to Serena all of Park, the oh, elementary done. schools. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, we can't be you're one, anymore, you're one yeah. of those. <laughs> but I, I've lived in Annapolis for the last six or seven years now, ever since I graduated college, so. Okay, yeah. great. And, and you you, so you, you've been up, up here all your life. Yes. And your book, The Sober Poet, is all about a recovered alcoholic. Yeah. Um, which is, the I guess, the musings of a recovered alcoholic, which is you. And it's certainly not something that anybody would use to define you. But, I mean, you are openly using that, saying that you had a problem. But what, what was your journey about with alcohol? I mean, you say you're recovered, past yes. tense. Yes. Uh, when... When did drinking start for you? And as I look at you and I'm like, I'm going, okay, well, she's like, I think, I, you know, I would say like early 20s, but you corrected me and said, okay, it's a little bit older, but I'm not going to get into it. But when did drinking start for you? Um, I would say in high school. And it was only, I mean, it was a very brief introduction. I didn't, um, I didn't call myself an alcoholic, John, until I stopped drinking, to be honest with you. Um, it was like three years after, I think, that I started identifying myself as an alcoholic. Because even in high school, I didn't get really heavy into drinking but when I did drink it was excessive it was drinking to the point of getting drunk that was the point of alcohol to me was to drink it to right. get drunk I thought that was that was the whole deal you know that, <laughs> like that was the cool so, so it wasn't like you woke up in the morning and needed a, a shot no or and anything I, I like never that, got to that point either like where I was uh, you know waking up and needing needing a shot or hair of the dog or whatever it's called but um yeah I never got to that point wow and what I mean what what was it that attracted you to it okay I mean I know when I when I was younger okay uh, you know I, I I've tried any number of different things and I mean I you know I smoked weed and I, I drank and everything else when I was younger I had a uh, friend and it was a drug and I don't even know where it's still around called crank I had a roommate <laughs> that was using it uh, I ironically he was a senior vice president of Toys R Us at some point oh in his my career. gosh <laughs> but I came into the dorm room in college one time and he's snorting this stuff and he makes this horrible face and it's like you know, and I'm like looking at him and he says, here, you want to try it? It's great. I said, no, it looks like you practically died. Why Why the hell would I do that? Um, but apparently there was something that, that he got out of it. I mean, what was it that you loved about 
about drinking on on the binge. Yeah, well, like you said, it's I mean, it's with any drug or substance, alcohol included, it makes you feel something or nothing. Like sometimes it's the lack of feeling that like I was chasing. But for me, I mean, I found confidence in it. I was really, really, really shy growing up. And then in high school, when I found alcohol, I found myself like just more charismatic. You know, I think anyone would agree that, you know, they start to loosen up when they've got a beer well, blanket on. You know? Right, right. So like, and that was the whole, the whole thing. I became this person that I actually liked and admired the confidence that I had while I was intoxicated. So it was, it was like I became this person that I suddenly like wanted to be. Like I didn't want to be who I was without the alcohol. And that was a good thing at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. The obvious question now is what changed your mind? Well, I started not liking that person that I turned into when I was drinking because it was fun for a while, like a long time, to be honest with you. It wasn't until after college that part of my French, but shit started to hit the fan. And I kind of, I lost control. Like I felt like I didn't know what was going to happen when I was drinking. And that was scarier than anything else. Like I felt like I couldn't trust who I was going to become while I was under the influence of alcohol. That's got to be terrifying. It is. Yeah. Anybody that has experienced it will, I mean, how, yeah, I mean, how, low, how low did you go? I mean, you hear about stories about people blacking out from drinking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, is that, did that, did that enter into your life? Oh, that- absolutely. And I used to pride myself on saying, like, I never black out. That's not something that I do. But then after college, I would start to. Um, so uh, 2016 to 2018, because I stopped drinking in 2018, but they were pretty rough. Um, and I remember the last time that I got really intoxicated and, like, just scared myself, I ended up, I was kicked out of a bar in Baltimore, uh, soundstage, and I don't even remember sounds who just, I was there to see. Soundstage is great. Yeah, it was, it was a good time, I think. Maybe someone would have to tell me because um, oh. I don't remember. Um, but I ended up. Um, it was funny because when I went out that night with my friends, I told my friend, "I'm not drinking tonight. I'm taking a break." And we got to this house to uh, pregame, as they call it, and there was free alcohol. And I was like, "Oh well, if it's free, it's for so, me. like of course, like <laughs> I will indulge now." Um, so I got intoxicated and then got to this soundstage club and. I was there one drink worth of time before I was being escorted out, and I have no idea why. I might have peed on the floor. I have literally no idea why I was taken out of this bar. And then I got into a car with a stranger, you know, just completely forgot my kindergarten lessons of don't, you know, stranger danger situations. Right, right. And I got into a car with a stranger. I ended up having to jump out of that vehicle um, to avoid a sexual assault. So that was kind of... I mean, that just it scared, it scared the living daylight moment? out of me. Yeah. Uh, I, well, no. Or, or no? <laughs> if I'm being honest, no. I had no intention of stopping drinking after that, actually. Just being a little um, bit careful. A little bit more careful. Well, I was, so you told I was, yourself. Yeah, I was afraid to drink, so I ended up... Um, I ended up just saying I wasn't going to drink in public anymore because I was afraid of what I might do. And I'm like, how ridiculous is that? Like, um, so I ended up talking to my therapist a little bit about it. And I told her I had these two bachelorette parties, the bachelorette weekends rather coming up in new Orleans of all places. 
I was good, like, good, good thing you picked a dry town. Right. <laughs> so I was, um, I was trying to get ready for that mentally. And I told my therapist, I was like, listen, I've already figured it out. I'm just going to have one drink. And she looked at me and her eyes got bigger than they ever have. And she was like, Liza, you should have no drinks. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God. She's so right. That is, wow. So what a great solution that I should do that. And I just decided that that was going to be a thing. Now, I told everybody and their mother that I was going to stop drinking. And then it was like my ego saved me because I did not want to stop. I, when I stopped, I was miserable. I was so angry with the world that I couldn't drink like a normal person, that I kept getting myself into these dangerous situations, and that like I knew that I was going to die or be sexually assaulted again. And I just, I knew that I had to stop. So I started reading a bunch of self-help books because I was like, I don't want to stop. Like, I don't want to feel like this. This isn't why I stopped drinking. I didn't stop drinking to feel this way, you know? Um, so I read a bunch of self-help books. The one that really helped me was this book called This Naked Mind by... Oh, gosh, I can't remember the author's name. But This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol. That's what the book was called. And um, Annie something, maybe. But that book kind of changed my thoughts around alcohol and made me not want to drink anymore. So that book helped me a ton because, like, I knew I had to stop. I just didn't know how. I didn't know how not to want it. Were and that was alone? tricky. Were you alone in, in, in your quest to stop? I mean, you said you talked to a therapist, but, I mean, your parents, were they, you know... They you know, come on, Liza. What the hell are you doing with your life? I mean, I mean no. And nobody, that's the thing. Nobody knew it was a problem because um, it was so, like... Low on everybody's was, radar, it, it, like it was when it was Liza left. When sober Liza left the house mm-hmm. to go to some friends' houses or to go out for the night or whatnot, they didn't. Uh, that that was sober Liza leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just accepted as like, oh, she gets drunk sometimes. Like it wasn't that like because that, that's the thing. I wasn't getting drunk super often. Even at the end, it was like three weekends out of the month that I would go out for an evening, but it was the way that I was drinking that was an issue because it was there that I was kind of losing myself and losing control of everything. Wow. What do you have? Do you have an aha moment when you got out of that and said, okay, the shit's done? Um, I don't think so. Um, it was slow for me, like the learning that like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be okay without alcohol. In fact, I think I'm going to thrive way more than I ever did with alcohol in my life. Like it took time to get to a point where I was, you know, confident that I was going to be okay without a drink. It's a pretty deep story. I mean, it's, uh, (laughs) and you 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 talk about how you were this introverted, shy, you know, type of thing, which you're not now. No. Uh, I I, I would say, I'm sure that's not a word that's that's coming out too often. And I mean, I think, you know, I I don't know whether part of, you know, the good parts of the, of of the the party girl Liza stuck (laughs) or whatever it may have been, but it's, it's an incredible story and, you know, congratulations for figuring it out and I mean I think it's remarkable that um, and laudable certainly that you did it on your own as opposed to you know I mean you hear stories about whether it be drugs or alcohol or whatnot Mm -hmm. you know how it tears apart a family and you know and and the whole nine yards I mean I I did a podcast with a guy that went through the uh, Samaritan House's um, recovery program. Yeah. And he told me his low was sleeping in the market house bathroom and uh-huh. poopy pants and stealing from his grandmother and everything else. And he had gotten through and recovered and everything else. And, um, you know, it was a great story. And unfortunately, a year later, 
um, he relapsed, overdosed, and passed oh, away. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's laudable that that you've been able to take this and you've written a, I wouldn't even say a book, you've written a collection of poems. Right, 57 poems for my first year of sobriety. So this was this was all done in the first yes. year after you said enough? Um, yeah, in my first year of sobriety, and that's to say that, um, so my first year of sobriety was not when I stopped drinking in 2018. It took me time to get to a point where I was completely sober because what I found myself doing is starting to replace alcohol with weed. So that kind of, um, it was very insidious. I didn't really see it as an addiction until 2020, which I feel like a lot of people probably experienced kind of, you know, things being brought out of the dark and into right. the light, whether they wanted to see it or not. And that's kind of what happened with weed for me. So on October 3rd of 2020, I stopped smoking weed, and that is my sobriety date. So okay. all of the poems are from then through uh, basically the, the year of 2021. That's wonderful. Well, was the book your therapy? Um, or was it, or was it? I mean, were you looking to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the New York Times bestseller, or were you <laughs> looking for, I, I, I need to do this, I need to maybe document this in, mm -hmm. in your own creative way? To be honest with you, all of the poems in the book were never meant for public consumption. Um, they were all super personal, super private poems that I had no intention of sharing with anybody. Um, some of them I shared with my life coach. She was the one who encouraged me to start writing again at the um, peak of the pandemic, um, so right around when it started in 2020. So I started writing, and all that came out was poems, and I just I kept writing, and then... Um, I got to a point where I was talking with my life coach again and I, I told her I wanted to write a book but I didn't know what about so I started toying with some ideas I was like what would be like you know something where I know like it would help people like I want to be able to contribute something and so I I don't know I, I can't remember exactly how why I thought of it but um, I think the people kind of in my circle at that point in time I just saw like I had shared some of the poems that I had written from my first year of sobriety with those people and it really resonated with them and I was like what if I just took all of the poems that I wrote that have to do with being an alcoholic or losing control or trying to make amends to people I've hurt throughout my addiction like what if I just put that all in a book like I wonder if it would resonate and from the feedback I've gotten so far it has. Well I've, I've got to imagine it was therapeutic I mean you hear that People say the you know the first step to recovering from any kind of addiction is to admitting that you're an addict. Yeah. Um, you sort of took it a couple steps further and and wrote wrote a hundred pages. I'm just gonna announce it. Yeah. Pages of it. Yeah. But um, you know, so I mean, what, was it indeed therapeutic for you to do that? And I mean, I mean, you're kind of memorializing this period of of your life. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not you know presumably going back into that period of life. So this was a mm -hmm. you know a chunk of your life that's now published for eternity because it's yeah. on the internet and the internet lives yeah. forever <laughs> yeah <know? laughs> i can't get rid of it now um yeah no it's it's taking me time to kind of come to terms with it and i've gone through um you know different phases of feeling like um you know imposter syndrome i'm no stranger to that and just feeling like you know who am i to share these things and like is this actually going to help somebody like or you know i start to go through it like do i want it to be a new york times bestseller sure <laughs> like but that's not nothing main goal at this right. point it's just to spread the message right 
Well, I, I know it's as I look through your website and stuff like that. Um, one of the main features of it, I think, is your dog. So tell me about your dog. <laughs> my dog. My dog is my soulmate. Um, I, you need to meet my daughter. Yeah, I <laughs> she, has, love, she has two soulmates like, down in North I love Carolina. Dogs. I and I mean, cats are cool too, but like, I really, I feel like I understand dogs in a different way. I actually have my own pet sitting business. So I do, um, I do a lot of work with animals in general. I'm about to foster a puppy at my place. I'm really excited about that. But my dog has, I mean, he's been my number one fan. No, yeah. <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's awesome. Like I've had him since I was, you know, still inactive addiction and the great thing about animals is that they offer unconditional love so right. like he's never judged me for being drunk <laughs> like you know he's um he's a good dog yeah good, good. well what is next for liza rome i mean are you i mean you are a poet you're a published poet yes at this point uh you are a sober published poet at this yes. point, but uh, you have, I mean, I know you've got merch and stuff like that on your website because you've mm -hmm. got a great message. You, you really do that. You know, you, you control the addiction. It's not the other way around. The addiction is not controlling you. And you've got, you know, your podcast that yeah. we can lick on uh, Apple podcast yeah, or yeah. what's now what's the name of the podcast again? Um, the name is learning to live so okay. I, I talk about all the things that i've i've learned i mean quite literally it's you know things that i've had to learn unlearn relearn i feel like we're taught so many different things in our school system by our parents and by our society that like you know we grow as we grow up we're like you know what i don't know if this is actually right like or the way that i want to live and so that's kind of what the podcast is about kind of finding my own way pretty raw yeah I've listened to to, listen to several of them and it's it's it's, it's raw unfiltered and, and real which yeah. is which is great which is fantastic thank you thank um, you you put them up on YouTube as well, I know. Um, yeah, I only just started doing that. Right. I know you mentioned, like, it, girl. it's scary. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, have a visual with the audio. Like, yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you can you can find that podcast and my connect with me on Instagram and, um, you know, buy this cool sweatshirt that I'm wearing that has my favorite okay. affirmations on it all on my website, which is LizaRoe.com. So, okay, and that's super R -O -E, easy. Yeah, R-O-E. -E. I know people always want to spell it with a W, but it's R-O-E. You ought to go look and see if Liza Rowe with a W is available buy it and just redirect it <laughs> just, just, just screw it spell whatever, mistaken, way, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever way you want to spell it just bring it over You'll here find that's, it. <laughs> that's awesome uh, you know I mean where where were your parents in your in your journey okay obviously you said they were clueless uh, no offense to mom and dad but you know they, you know dur during the time and and let's let's be real I've got three kids and I mean I'm mm -hmm. sure that I am you know I well I think I'm in tune I'm probably not nearly as in tune as perhaps I should be mm -hmm. um, but you know, where were your parents during your journey when they, I mean, obviously at this point they know that you had a problem. Yeah. Hard to say. Um, my dad worked a lot, to be honest with you. Um, so my mom, on the other hand, um, I think it was just, you know, they did the best they could trying to introduce alcohol in a responsible way, you know, with wine during we, we, holiday you know, meals. We, we, and we all do. I got right, into like, fights with my ex-wife growing up because I always told my kids from ankle high uh -huh. that, you know, when you get into trouble, when you're drinking underage in high school and stuff like that, always call us if you if mm -hmm. you run into a problem. And whether it be, you know, you're you're finding unwanted sexual mm -hmm. advances for the, the, the girls or the boys, you know, whatever it may be, uh, whether you feel unsafe to drive or the person's driving. I mean, mm -hmm. and the whole, you know, no ramification. I told them all that. And she said, you're encouraging them to drink. I said, no, I'm just being real that they're gone to. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. It's, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, 
if, it's a matter of when. Right, right. Um, and you know, the, two of them used it. Uh, they, they called. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and we had to stick to our word and say, okay, well, we're not going to kick your ass tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll wait till tomorrow after yeah. we're I, th- I think that's all you can do, though, is like kind of leave the door open, you yeah. know, then no, have them know that it's there, and then you hope that they make the right decision. If they don't, well, like that's just a lesson in the making. So, right? Are they supportive of you right now? Absolutely. Oh yeah. my God, I don't think they, I don't think they could have be prouder, um, especially my mom. Um, Are they gobsmacked about where you were? Um, yeah, they literally, they had no idea. And I, and you know, you mentioned, you know, not being totally in tune or like not as in tune as you could be. And like, I feel like, you know, every parent, my parents definitely like blame themselves partly. Um, and it was like, there's nothing they could have done. Like, um, they did everything that they could, you know, they did the best they could. And I feel like I was also just a really good liar is the other part of it. Um, like, kids I have been are, lying kids, since... Kids, kids are like that. I, since I, I, I was seven, I, I, I you know? I my, was, my middle kid is the best yeah, liar in the world. I was a good liar. Like, I... Yeah. I was... Yeah. <laughs> Not very good. Uh, uh, absolutely. I'll I tell you, a question, sort of interesting. My father uh, is an alcohol, was an alcoholic before mm-hmm. he passed away, and my grandfather was. And actually, they, they weren't related. They were on opposite sides, so it was my mother's father and my father. Um, and both of them had said to me that... You can never use the term, the past tense of an alcoholic. You ne- you weren't an alcoholic. Right. You aren't. You you always are. And my father, in particular, always cautioned me as I was growing up, mm-hmm. and even well into adulthood, be very very careful because I mean they do say that some of the alcoholism does run into you know in Absolutely. family lines and yeah. everything else, uh, and. You know, I've never felt the need as an adult, to say, mm-hmm. because I mean, uh, you know, to do the binge drinking and stuff like that. I mean, I can't remember the last time I was, oh my gosh, I'm so drunk. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's been decades that I've gotten to that point, and uh, you know, very often I'll have a, you know, a soda water with a lime squirt uh-huh. in it if, if I need to socially look like I'm drinking or having a uh-huh. good time. But um, I mean, do you somewhat agree with that? Do you think? I mean, do you have to be super super careful? I mean, if we were not sipping lattes and iced teas. And uh, I was drinking a beer. Is that a problem for you? Absolutely not. And I know for some people it is, and I totally respect that. But, like, for me, I don't have a desire to drink. And so, like, I've gone to parties. I've gone to bars. Um, like, I get mocktails now. Some people aren't okay with that either. But, like, I just, I like fun drinks, you know? Like, I like, I don't want to drink a soda. I want to drink something that's, like, not really horrible for me and has aspartame in it, but something with flavor. Like, I want something a little bit special, maybe with an umbrella in it like but uh, as far as um being around alcohol goes i don't have any issues with it at all i'm proud um, of you that's great that's <laughs> it took great. time to get to that point though because yeah. i didn't realize that like i thought that maybe one day i would be able to drink again but that is not the case like you said that like once an alcoholic always an alcoholic and like i'm just okay with yeah, that I mean, that could be something old school that's you know there and, and i mean there are so many different resources now that you've got uh, to be able to deal with it. I mean, obviously, um, you, know, you know, in my generation, certainly my parents' generation, you know, going to a, a counselor, oh my God, that was like the sign <laughs> of the weakness from something like that. Now it's like, you know, well, that's, no, it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so, the, the, you know, times have changed. And I know, mm-hmm. and, and actually here in Annapolis, and I, I saw that you are doing and sort of a hosting an open mic night. Yes. At, uh, a new... And I don't want to call it. A, well, it is. A, I guess a it's sober, a sober club. Mm-hmm. Um, a non-alcoholic club for adults and teens. 
Um, not so no, much? Yeah, I would say adults, young adults. Like, I don't see a whole lot of teens in there, but um, all age ranges. Yeah, people will go there and get dinner. I mean, they've just got bar food, but the um, they've got a, quite a selection of coffee. Um, and they've got games. There's a pool. You can rent darts, things well, they, like they've that. They've got bands. And, yeah, and they've got comedy nights. Great lineup for comedy. Now, where, where is this? Tell me, tell me about the club. Where is, where is it and what is it? And then you um, need to give me the contact information because yeah, I do that. definitely need to talk to who's running the thing. That's a great idea. He's, um, oh, the, the guy that's running it is great. Um, but as far as the location, it's kind of tucked away, um, which is nice. It's over by Foundations Fitness Center, which is, uh, like I said, it's tucked away. It's across the street from the mall, though. Um, okay. And it's in a business complex. It is. So it's back called, sort of behind the bowling alley. Uh, kind of. It's over in that direction, in that area. but yeah, not not as far as the bowling alley. Okay. Um, but literally across the street from the mall. Okay. But uh, there's the open mic night, which is the last Friday of every month, and there's. I mean, I'm hoping to get more of a turnout with that, but the, this past Friday was amazing. I mean, we had a huge variety of people. We had some poets. We had some people singing. We had guys on guitar. We had, um, there was a lip-syncing drag queen performance. Like, it was amazing. So, um, I, I'm loving the diversity that's coming through right now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's neat. Okay, I definitely need to get in touch with that. But, you know, another thing that I'm a firm believer in is that if Okay, doctors are cool, and counselors are cool, and mm-hmm. you know, and shrinks and psychologists, and you know, alcohol addiction specialists, and everything else, because they've read all the books and they've got those initials after their names. Um, most of them have never walked the walk, and you have walked the walk. What do you have any advice for somebody that may be struggling with, you know, drugs or alcohol? Um, whether they're young or old, I mean, how? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've beaten this. You've beaten this devil. And you, you know, you you've lived to tell it. You've written a book about it. You, uh, and 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 you're evangelizing on it. What, what can you tell somebody that finds themselves in a position that you were, you know, so many years ago? Um. I would say, like, what's coming to mind for me is what's on the back of my book, which is just a sentence that you're not alone. You know, people think, I, I thought, when I stopped drinking, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be the first female sober millennial to ever walk in America. Like, right, right. but I'm not. Like, right, right. I, there's so many more young people <laughs> who are sober, and it's becoming more popular as, like, people see that alcohol is maybe not the best way to, with, like, cope with life. And, um... Yeah, just the fact that, like, you're not alone, you know, and I think it's about, like, for me, I was, like, aggressively independent. Like, I told you, I went through it by myself, and that sucked, to be honest with you. It was horrible. Um, I, I didn't have a good time, for the most part, like, going through that alone. When I stopped smoking weed, I was like, okay, I know that I'm capable of setting this aside, but I don't want to do it by myself this time. Right. So I found a community, and, like, that was the best thing I could have done. Um, so I would encourage people who are struggling with the same issues is to find that community, find somebody that's going to listen to you and not judge and and help because well, sometimes we can't that's help great ourselves. Advice for anybody that's struggling with anything, and whether that be with you know with sexuality or gender or mm-hmm. drugs or alcohol, to find you know find the community and you know we are such a diverse crowd, this planet Earth that we live on. Oh yeah. 
then there's so much more that connects us than divides us. But you aren't, you know, no matter how bizarre you are, you think you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> we all think we're unique. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, no, no. We're all, we're all a little bit weird. And that's <laughs> the thing. We're all, we're all the same, but we're all also a little different. Like, right. Sure. Well, what's the future for Liza Rome? Are you a... Uh, you looking to be a Maya Angelou and heading to the New York Times bestseller list? Or uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'd love to do. Um, it was on my bucket list to do an interview with Ellen and Oprah. Ellen's no longer on the table since she, she shut down her show. Ellen's yeah, I think. Yeah. So that's okay. I'm still holding out for Oprah. Um, uh, but you know, yeah, Meghan no. Markle got it. So you know, hey, there's, there's yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that would be cool. Um, I would like to be a New York Times bestseller. Yes, but I am also going to keep writing. Um, I write almost every day and uh, what it's gonna, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to make another at least two books that are like part of this series the sober poet but I'm not sure what the next two are going to be about like if it's going to be the love poet or the drunk poet I've got to think that I mean just the fact that you've been sober for it's what three years now um, well, I've been sober for just over one, but I stopped drinking in 2018. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I mean, it, it, the journey doesn't end. Oh, absolutely not. When, it never when, does. When, when you put that thing in. And that's what yeah. I'm thinking. That This is a, a journey that, um, you know, you, you may find when you're 50 that, you know, it's something that's a little bit more difficult to mm -hmm. deal with in certain situations. I oh, know, yeah. you know, my my uncle, another one on my mother's side was, was an alcoholic. I had no idea. Totally functioning. He was a CEO mm -hmm. of a fortune or something you know yeah. 20 company um he had to leave my wedding wow. um to go to an aa meeting because he couldn't deal with it um he also flipped his car in the uh in his driveway of his farm you know little his own driveway he ended up flipping it because he was uh taking a nip out of the bottles of booze that oh he kept my in the gosh. Glove box. yeah um you know so there's uh the journey continues and yeah. and and it really does um is this your career now at this point? I know you said that you you, you do some dog walking. Yeah, stuff like I do that, pet so sitting cool. and dog walking. Um, uh, that is Dogs my... Dogs are much nicer than people, it seems, a lot of times. I, they are, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I'm, I'm getting to be more tolerable of people these days, so right, that's right. good. <laughs> but um, I would love to make it a full-time career. Um, I'm not exactly sure how yet. Um, on my website, LizaRow.com, there's a link to contact me via email because because I'm, I'd actually really, really like to help somebody else do what I did in the sense of writing a book of poetry. I self-published that book, and um, it took me five, maybe six months total, but I know now that I could do it in one month um, if, you know, if there was somebody out there that wanted assistance, because it is like an overwhelming task when you start to look at all of these different angles and all the things that go into it. Like, it's just, it is overwhelming, and I want to be able to help somebody do that. It was funny when I was looking on your website, I noticed, you know, the hire a poet, uh -huh. I think it was the term that you used down on the, bio, yeah. the bottom. And I was like, my first thought was, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and then my second thought was like, wait, wait a minute. No, it's not. That's like pretty cool. Okay. You think about a, you know, a cocktail party, you know, a, mm -hmm, a, a high, mm -hmm. you know, a highfalutin cocktail party where they might, you know, oh, let's let's get some of the the cellist and the, right, the harpist right. from the symphony, and they'll 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 pluck their strings for us. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking, how cool when you had an event to have a poet perform or read or recite yeah, or whatever yeah. the whatever the proper term is, and that that 
that that is really very cool, and I can see that happening. Minneapolis is really evolving as a very arts focused community. Oh I yeah, can totally. I can totally see yeah. that happen. I hope it happens. That's another thing I want to do, and I mean, I, I love your image of you know highfalutin, classy parties and stuff, um, which I'm totally down for. But I also love to visit like schools or um, just I don't know, talk to people. Like where it started for me was in high school, so I would love to connect with like the youth of the community. Um, I feel like. It, helps that like I still mostly act like a child so like uh-huh. I think I, yeah. I think I would be able to connect with kids pretty well but um, I just want to I don't know I I feel called to kind of share my experience with anybody who will listen at this point that's fantastic uh, and speaking of people that were listening you want to go to lizaro.com l-i-z-a-r-o-e.com Check out The Sober Poet, which is the book, but check out everything and Liza's story. It's it's amazing. It's empowering. It's encouraging. It's all, all sorts of great adjectives as to what the story is. And I, you know, having just met you and learned your story firsthand and everything else, you know, I can't say I... I have to say that I, I am so proud and so happy for you that you've Thank been able you. to do this. I think this is uh, amazing that as a young woman to be able to sit there and realize, okay, man, this is this is not where I want to be and I need to change it. So that's uh, absolutely incredible. And you should be, you know, hold that very, very high in your esteem and very proud. But thank, thank you, you so much for your time today. LizaRow.com is where you want to go and get the book. Check it out. The I, Like I said, I read it in Bread and Butter Kitchen. So uh, I don't know whether it's still there. Hopefully nobody stole it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, while you're waiting for a sandwich or something like that, look through, read a couple poems. They're very short. They're not very uh, long. It's not Ulysses or anything. And Uh, Check it out, definitely. Liza, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, John. Thank you. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.